When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work. Well, Ian, I, something uh, something happened, I, I guess, for those of us in Broncos country who have been living on Russell Wilson hype videos for the last few months. Uh, which Never get old. Never get old. Are wonderful every time. Uh, there, there is a little news, and we'll just start with that. Um, just as we were getting ready to record, news broke on Twitter. Uh, I think, was it, is it Jordan Schultz? I think he was the first one to have it, and then obviously was. confirmed by Mike Kliss and some of the others. Uh, Melvin Gordon is re-signing with the Denver Broncos. There was some question there about what was going to happen. You have Javante Williams uh, going into his second year. Is he going to be able to carry the load, if you will? And uh, bringing back Melvin Gordon, if nothing else, limits the number of carries that Javante Williams has to have. So, yeah, something happened. And there there it is. I, I just gave you some news. I will add that Mike Kliss said that they're in discussions with Melvin Gordon to bring the veteran running back back, but nothing has been finalized yet, but Kliss adds a good chance it gets done. So nothing finalized, but it's going to happen. And all the other thing that was interesting is Cecil Lammy had an interesting tweet where he, he said it, it's interesting timing not sure this needed to happen. Hmm. 
That's an that is an interesting tweet. Interesting timing. Not sure this needed to happen. That's it's cryptic too. Like I I like Cecil, friend of the show. He's been on uh, a couple of times. Uh, hopefully, going to have him on after the draft uh, at some point to do a little draft analysis. He does he does great work with that. Uh, maybe get Nick on as well. And uh, former Broncos safety Nick Nick Ferguson. Nick Ferguson, former yes, exactly. I but that's a very cryptic. Not sure this needs to needed to happen. Well, what do you what do you mean by that? I guess that would be my question for him. And obviously, he's not on the show, so I can't ask him. But you know Cecil, uh, and and you've had uh, interactions with him probably a little more than I have. Uh, you guys covered the Broncos about the same time as I recall. So, w- what does he mean by that? I guess that's the question. What what is he saying when he says not sure this needed to happen? Based on you. Looking at the top 30 visits that the that George Payton and the Broncos did, they met with quite a few running backs. And there's been talk that they may use their 64th pick in the draft to potentially get a running back. And they've been meeting with, what's his name? His name is, I can't remember his first name, but he's uh, with Georgia. His la- He's Delvin Cook's brother. So his last name is Cook, obviously. That was one of the top 30 visits. So I my reading the tea leaves and knowing Cecil the way I do, this is just my speculation. I thought I, I I'm guessing that he thought the Broncos would go running back in the second round. Okay, I, and that doesn't mean that they can't. In fact, I think that the big concern would have been, let's say you take a rookie running back in the second in the second round, your 64th pick or whatever, uh, you you take. Dalvin Cook's little brother, Denny Cook. I don't know what his name is either, and I'm too lazy to look it up, but I know you probably will because I won't. <laughs> just, I mean, I know what's going to happen here, and I'm fine with that. But let's let's say they do take a rookie, and, and you're going into the season, and you've got Pookie, Javante Williams, who... Uh, James Cook. Thank you, James Cook. We'll take it. Uh, who is a stud who owns angry runs on uh, good morning football with uh, Kyle Brandt's thing, which was so much fun to watch him, uh, you know, get on the screen and, and, and get some notoriety for that on the national stage as a rookie. Well, going into his second year, he's still a young running back. And so you want to pair him with somebody, a, a rookie running back means you've got two guys that are, you know, one is unproven completely. If it's a rookie, the other one is, is pretty well proven, but at the same time, it's still just his second year, and you've you've heard of the sophomore slump, and that that could be an issue. Bringing in a, a veteran running back and having that presence, a Melvin Gordon like presence, I don't think that precludes the Broncos from going out and getting a running back in the draft. I do think it's a smart move in that it's it's not splashy, it's not gonna put the Broncos over the top necessarily, but it's solid. To me, that's a solid signing. If it, if it does get done, and I guess we have to talk about it in those terms just because it sounds like things are not completely finalized, but they're headed towards it. And uh, it sounds like if Mike Kliss is saying, yeah, this looks like this is where it's going and it's going to be a done deal, fine, well, I'll take that as well. So you you bring them in. You you have that veteran presence who can guide the rookie and the and the second-year guy, give them you know just a, an understanding of what it means to be in the NFL and – he gets some carries. He does some things on offense. That's fine. I, I think that's great. Uh, the only issue I have with Melvin Gordon is that he's the reason that you hate Teddy Bridgewater if you're in Broncos country. He's he's the fumble 
that caused Teddy Bridgewater to not tackle somebody uh, in, in that Eagles game. And so, uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe that's your biggest issue with him. He's still a veteran presence. I think he can be a positive there. Quick tangent. Oh, I love those. I, I love Melvin Gordon because he won me a bet in the last game of the season with his fumble against the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm looking at it completely differently. Sure. Anyway... I I do think it I do I do think it rules out the Broncos drafting a running back in the second round. I do not think they go running back in the second round. They could potentially get one in the in the fourth or fifth round because running backs typically fall down the draft board. Which leads into the next topic. The draft is coming up on Thursday. The Broncos used their first round pick on Russell Wilson. Great pick by George Payton. Yeah, I really like that pick. I, I think it's going to work out. He He's a promising young athlete, that Russell Wilson. I think he could really do some things. He, yeah, I, it'll lot, be a successful career. A lot of potential. Yeah, I, but that leads to, it looks like the Broncos will more than likely go edge, cornerback, offensive line if George Payton doesn't move up or down yeah it's and interesting. I, I still think I still think with nine picks in the draft which is fascinating that George Payton has as many picks without a first round pick as the Atlanta Falcons it's fast it's just incredible to me but I I think George Payton is going to move up that as we sit here two days before the first round of the draft, whether it's the end of the first round or early in the second, I think George Payton is going to move up. He is going, if there is an edge or there's an offensive lineman that drops, maybe even a cornerback, it's going to be one of those three positions. As we sit here, I think Payton is going to move up. So I, I, what I'm hearing you say, and I just like to, to reiterate this, it sounds like when we talk about what the needs are in the draft, because that's sort of where we're at, and obviously we have um, taken the stance here on on the MHR Radio podcast of not knowing as much about these, you know, late first, early second, late second round, third round, fourth round. We don't know those guys, and and admittedly so. Uh, after a, fifteen, I fall off. Yeah, I I'm I'm kind of done I'm after a draft casual I'm, I'm oh i'm 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 even i think less than casual i'm a draft like eh, eh. A draft lazy boy yeah when it happens i can't like i can't wait to talk to trevor sycama i think he's a great he's a great guest on the show uh so i like having him on hopefully we will be able to get him on after the draft that's kind of where we were at uh with this as well but it, this draft to me is sort of an enigma of i do not i literally do not care about this draft and I know I should and I know people do and I, I have a, a lot of respect for the people who are out there like just like working this draft which feels like such a dumpy draft as it is because there's really no high profile players in it you've got Hutchinson out of Michigan and that's pretty much where I'm I'm done after that like that to me is like yeah they, that's Hutchinson and then there's I think there's the other guy from Michigan he's pretty good and um, I think his name was Ojabo or Ojabu. I don't remember, uh, but he was also good. Um, then there's the quarterbacks. Please don't talk to me about Kenny Pickett. Malik Willis is exciting, but he went to a school that had like 18 people there at one time. I mean, I guess I shouldn't talk bad about Liberty. It's a school. It's a legit school. I, who cares? 
That being said, what I'm hearing you say is that the Broncos' needs in this draft are more than likely corner, edge, and offensive line. And so that's the direction we're gonna we're probably gonna go. Okay, great. That's fantastic. Don't ask me who's out there that they could go get, because I have no idea. And I apologize if that's why you're here. Uh, hang on, we're going to talk about other things that you might also find interesting. I'm sure there will be a tangent. Uh, again, we do those, but also I, I, I can't, I cannot get excited right now. I apologize. Well, that's because the Broncos have a quarterback. That's so weird. It's been we're not so talking long. like like we said last week. We're not talking about well, is George Payton going to draft a quarterback? We're in quarterback purgatory. Let's add another face to the carousel. Whee! Carousel we busted. Do that now. <laughs> so that that most, and I think that's the case for, for for most fans and most of the people listening to this. know we don't know jack squat about the draft. I have joked. I want to stay married. I can't watch college football to be a draft expert because I watch the NFL. I can't spend two days watching football. I want to stay married. I love my wife. Yeah. No, I mean, unless you get to go to Boulder, go see the, go see the buffs play at, at Folsom. What a, what a wonderful place to go watch a football game. I did. I did spend some time at Folsom field when I was at CU Boulder. Um, probably, uh, too much time doing things in and around that and other places and actually going to class. But that's that's one of those tangents that we talk about that happens sometimes. So it's, I guess I, I will there add, it is. not only is it a beautiful setting, I still think one of the coolest things in sports is when Ralphie leads the team out onto the field. I, it is all altogether just a, an, an amazing experience. And when you, when you hear opposing players, players and coaches talk about that it is intimidating no matter how good CU is at the time if they or could be bad. they could be an awful team they could be a great team they haven't been one of those for a long time but but they used to be now they're you know sort of garbage ish I hopefully they they get a turnaround even still you show up and that thing comes running at you and it's it's terrifying to have a, a bison like that come barreling down on you the thing I love about it is they, they had to switch to female buffalo or bison, if you want to be, you know, it's an American bison, whatever, because the males were, were too unwieldy. They couldn't, they couldn't handle them. They were running people over and trampling folks, and it was, it was getting bad. So Ralphie is always a girl, and that's fine. She does a wonderful job. So, and we're on Ralphie 6. Ralphie 6 just got introduced last season. Yeah, that's right. So... It's kind of it is a cool college tradition. It's one of my favorites. College has great traditions. I love college football. I I don't I don't have the time to pay attention to it. I'm I'm usually at some like baseball game or a softball game because I've got kids and we're busy. Like that's just how it works. So or football, we're at our own football games. We got things going on. So I, if you want draft analysis, you know, check out what Scotty and Joe are doing. They're doing a good job. It's fine. Yes, they they know the draft inside and out. We don't, but we do know, at least I know that those three air those three positions are the need. Basically, everyone is saying it. James Palmer with NFL Network basically said as much on Tuesday. I I still think as I as we sit here, my gut is telling me that George Payton moves up, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he moves down to to get more picks for next year. If you look, one of the things that's one of the things that's been interesting since 
all the NFL insiders are getting to Vegas is the amount of teams looking to move down. That's what's fascinating to me. And that's why I think George Payton will move up because there is going to be talent that moves down this draft to the end of the first round, to the early part of the second round that he's going to be able to potentially get a starter edge cornerback offensive line. And they just signed Billy Turner. I think Billy Turner fits this offense. He knows Nathaniel Hackett, as we've talked about on previous shows, he can, he can be a useful tool to the rest of the offensive line to have to answer their questions, to, to get them comfortable with the terminology and what they need to do. But there's going to be the potential to get a starter based on how deep the draft class is. There isn't that high profile player at the top, like a Trevor Lawrence, where everyone knows it's the consensus number one pick. This isn't the Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, and that quarterback who now plays in Pittsburgh who shouldn't have been the pick. It should have been freaking Patrick Mahomes. Thank you, Ryan Pace, you freaking moron. (laughs) I love that you just did it to yourself. I didn't even have to do anything. You did that to yourself. Fantastic. (laughs) So it's not one of those drafts. So uh, that's what I – as we sit here, that's that's what I think. I, I think George Payton moves up. The other thing to take note of here, and I, and I I I hear what you're saying, and I like it. I have, after last year's draft and the success that that draft class had with the Denver Broncos, and seeing how George Payton has been putting team this team together and the moves that he has made, obviously going out and trading for Russell Wilson is huge. But beyond that, the 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 free agent signings, the uh, the trades that he's made, the draft picks that they've made have all had impacts that have been positive and the direction that this team is going it I'm going to use a phrase I used a few years ago that I think actually finally applies the pendulum is definitely swinging up at this point and if that's the case don't forget how good George Payton was in the draft last year the 2021 draft was a solid draft and the the Broncos won an award. It was a major award because of you know some draft some draft picks. So have faith in what he does. I'm I'm willing to sit back and say whatever he does in this draft, I'm fine with it. I'm not going to complain. I don't have any issues. You do whatever you want. You seem to know what you're doing, which is a, a strange new thing for us here in Broncos country that we hadn't seen in a while. We we've, we've had some issues in the draft and and with some. Uh, some questionable signings and free agency and things like that. I really like the way things are going with George Payton. I'm going to just enjoy it. And that feels good. And it means that when we watch the draft, we'll pay attention and things will happen and we'll go, yeah, that was probably the right thing to do. You know why? Because George Payton did it. And I haven't seen him really make any mistakes. Like, can you point, could you just, I know this is an off the wall question here. Could you point to a situation where you think George Payton made a mistake so far in his time with the Denver Broncos? I, I mean, I guess what signing Melvin Gordon might be the biggest mistake if that's your, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I'm trying to figure it out here. I off the top of my head, I can't think of one, but you get the benefit of the doubt, not just with the draft you had in your first go around as a GM in the national football league, <laughs> but you go out and trade for Russell Wilson. 
So you get the benefit of the doubt for a while. <laughs> and as we've been recording this, Ian Rappaport has tweeted and basically officially made up made it officially official that Melvin Gordon is coming back to the Broncos on a one-year deal worth up to $5 million. Boom, there you go. See, it's officially official. It's Facebook official. It's now and Russell Ian. Wilson has tweeted out, we got us a stable. There you go. And and it certainly is, uh, it's a deep stable, and it's probably going to get deeper. I think I think that uh, there will be a running back drafted, maybe not in the second round, sometime after. I, I, I'm sure that'll happen. Okay. The other thing that you mentioned to me that I think is kind of cool, we talked about the Russell Wilson hype videos. We talked about uh, how those never get old, but we have actual Broncos on the field working together in an official capacity with the coaches. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett uh, talked about that. The, things are starting to progress and move forward. I guess we definitely need to dive into not necessarily an in-depth look into like walkthroughs and just, you know, throwing in shorts, but you know, it, it's, it's good to see them all working together and, and on the same page at this point. And based on everything that we've, gotten from reporters at the UC health training complex, training center, Dove Valley, whatever the hell you want to call it. There's good rapport developing between Russell Wilson and his receivers, namely Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick. And I, we've said this, the player to watch is KJ Hamler. Apparently he's been in contact with Tyler Lockett from the Seattle Seahawks, who we have said, I have said, that KJ Hamler can be that kind of player for this offense. But the thing that stands out more than all of that, because this is the first time in OTAs, organized team activities, that the Broncos are able to work with the coaches on the field. I love the way Nathaniel Hackett runs this team. It is a complete 180 from the way Vic Fangio did it. He's having fun, but he also expects them to put in the work. He's blasting music. He said, games are loud. Let's make it loud. But I think he also wants to have fun. And that's what I appreciate about Nathaniel Hackett. He can be a little bit of a goober. But I, I the way he runs this team and the respect that he demands just by, just by his persona and the way he carries himself... I would love to play for a coach like that because you know you're going to have fun, but you know you better put in the work. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's interesting. One, one quick note on KJ Hamler: the reports are that he seems to be maybe even ahead of schedule on his recovery as well, which is is a good thing also. And just to kind of point towards what Hackett is doing, and as you said, that the fact that he is not afraid to have a, a, a relationship with his players that isn't just I'm I'm coach your player and there's that separation that you seem to have gotten the it was the the old school in Vic Fangio I, I I'm not as uh, as the, you know there are people out there who who just hate Vic Fangio I think Vic Fangio was um, a, a great defensive coach for the Denver Broncos who was really set in his old school football ways and couldn't adjust and couldn't connect with the younger generation and just wasn't willing uh, to make any concessions. And 
I, I don't know if it would have mattered one way or the other if he had done that. The, the team that he had and the way that he ran it and the things that he did, if he had been best friends with Von Miller, it wouldn't have mattered. If he had been, you know, if, if if him and Drew Locke had hit it off and they'd been the best of buds and he just loved Drew, Drew Locke, that wouldn't have changed what happened on the field. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have made a lick of difference. So to me, it, it's sort of, I don't really care. But what I do think is interesting to note is that with Hackett being paired with Russell Wilson and actually having a quarterback, you can have that loose attitude and be a little bit more uh, in tune with what your players are doing and what they want and how they act, and it will have a positive impact, which is great. And you talked about – we should talk about his three rules. He's got three rules. Uh, You read them to me. I wrote them down. I'm going to read them right now. Be on time. Uh, Yeah, be on time. Figure out what that means too because for some people on time means you're 15 minutes early and for other people on time means on time. So figure that out uh, and then go from there. Team first. I will, I will say. Go ahead. If you want to earn the respect of your coaches or your leader or boss, you show up earlier than on time. On time means probably, in my estimation, ten minutes early. Yep. Ten minutes early is is on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're early, you're on time. That's that's the way the saying goes. There's a reason for it. So be on time. I love the second one. Team first. That's a that's what we call in the. Um, in the youth sports league, we ball, not me ball, right? We're here for each other. We're here for the team. We're not here because of the name on the back of the jersey. We're here for the name on the front of the jersey. And you're going to say to me, but Adam, there are no names on the front of the jerseys in the NFL. I know. That's not the point. It's just like it's just a number. I get it. It's fine. But also, you're you're here for your team. You're not here for anybody else, which is huge because if you can get people to buy in, that builds team rapport. That makes everybody a part of what's going on. There's nobody who stands off to the side and is only concerned about themselves. So you follow that rule because you know it's going to have a positive impact. And then the third rule is no excuses. Yeah, don't make excuses. I I, I, I don't want to hear why you screwed up. I, I never want to hear why you made a mistake or why why this happened or why that happened. You don't need to explain anything to me. You know what you can explain to me? how you're going to stop something happening that happened to you before. Explain to me how you're going to fix it. Explain to me how you're going to get better. Don't tell me why things went wrong. And so no excuses to me is huge. Tell me how you're going to get better. Don't tell me why it went wrong. And I will add, this happened at the end of the first OTA workout on the field, the first voluntary workout. And at the end of the session, he told the players, it's great to be out here with all you guys. Love watching you guys fly around and protecting each other as we do all that stuff, right? It's just about being able to practice and get better all day. And then he pointed to, to three random players and said, give me a rule. It looked like Dalton Reisner, Justin Simmons, and Josie Jewell. And then after they did that, this is what he said. Profanity alert. Lock that shit in. Believe that. He's just, he, come on. He seems like a fun dude. Now I got to, I forgot to beep it. You, you, you said profanity alert. I forgot to get the beeper out. I, that's on me. That's on me. Sorry. Sorry, Ellie. That's my niece. She's the one who will get mad at me for the swearing. And like I said, it's just to have the music back at practice. It makes it fun. It makes it, I mean, practice is tedious to begin with. And 
there are going to be days where you don't want to do it. There are going to be days that you love to do it, just like any other human being where you have your ups and downs. But when you have a leader like Nathaniel Hackett who can read the situation and get the most out of you, I and it, as you said, the key in all of this is he has a quarterback who demands the same things as he does and demands it out of himself. The thing that I'm watching these videos, and it's not just the hype videos and the throws, it's the interactions between Russ and Hackett. I love being able to watch that. You're seeing a rapport develop in front of us on the football field. And I think it started before the trade was announced and Nathaniel Hackett was walking around like Ron Burgundy and Anchorman (laughs) where he's like, I I won't, you know, the scene that I'm talking about with Veronica Corningstone and it's the pants, the pleats, it's the pleats in the pants. Don't act like you're not impressed. So I think it started (laughs) there. But now to actually see it unfold, I, that that's awesome because I think it's only gonna it's only gonna lead to more success as the offseason progresses, and then when they get into the preseason and training camp, and then the regular season. It's just so exciting to have real like it's exciting. I feel good. I, you remember what it feels like to feel good? This is what it feels like, Broncos country. It feels good. What doesn't feel good? Oh, here we go. And we've talked about this. We both hate it. According to Front Office Sports, in a tweet that was sent out with a story, a change in Denver Broncos ownership is expected to be finalized before the 2022 NFL season. After that, team president Joe Ellis says a new stadium could follow. Mm. I effing hate that. I hate everything about it. If they go forward with this, I told you this before we started recording and I'm going to say it right now and I will be adamant and steadfast. They better not use any more taxpayer money. The stadium district needs to be disevolved. It needs to go away and taxpayer money better not have anything to do with this new stadium out by the airport because that's where it's going to be built. And they, they better... In public transportation better increase tenfold if they do this because it is a nightmare to drive around on the east part of the city for anyone who goes out there. You're limited to E-470 and Arapahoe Road. That's the only way you can get around on the eastern part of the town, at least from the southern part, and it's not any better coming from the north. It is going to be a nightmare if they don't get public transportation taken care of that's a side issue. They better not use any taxpayer money because the taxpayers basically funded the stadium that's only 20 years old. And it is nowhere near the point of what Mile High Stadium was when they built, built then Invesco Field at Mile High. Tangent rant. I don't, I don't think that's a tangent rant. I, I think that's a, a legit rant. And I, I think it's one that uh, is is valuable to the community because you're not wrong. I know that. And you know that anytime a franchise builds a new stadium, now it's with designs on getting a super bowl for their city. It's a huge deal to get a super bowl in your city. I, I, I absolutely understand the desire for the Denver Broncos and, and the community of Denver to host a super bowl. I, that would be great. So I understand 
well, we need a new stadium to do that. But what if you don't need a new stadium? What if all you need to do is renovate the stadium you have? Put a dome on it. I don't know what the process is for that. I'm sure there are engineers and architects and people who are smarter than me when it comes to that kind of stuff that could figure it out. Put a dome on it. Make it so that it's retractable so you can have it open air or you can close it if it's getting too chilly for people. And make it a, a, mod, a more modern stadium, but leave it where it is because it's a part of the community in Denver and it's so important to the people in that community that to take it away from there would be very frustrating. Don't ask the taxpayers to foot the bill, especially if you're one of the Waltons, which is who I think is going to end up owning the Broncos. And just just put a tent over the dang stadium. Just That's all you got to do. And it'll be just fine. People will love it. The NFL will put a Super Bowl there. And, and, and boom, Bob's your uncle. So that, I think, to me, would be the best direction to go. If you're going to build a whole new stadium... I just don't see the need for it. I, 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 I get why they would want to do that. Find a different way. Find a different avenue for creating uh, the atmosphere that would be necessary for uh, the NFL to decide to put a Super Bowl in Denver because it would be a great place for a Super Bowl. They did one in Minneapolis, for crying out loud. They did one in New Jersey when they opened MetLife Stadium. I don't want to talk about that Super Bowl. Was it MetLife Stadium? I feel like that's what yes. it is. I don't, we don't talk about that Super Bowl because it was a stupid Super Bowl that never should have been played in an open-air, cold-weather stadium. How dumb was that? And let's just put a dome on the on Mile High and, and do it that way. That's my opinion. Uh, and, and like I said, I'm not smart enough to figure out the, the engineering behind it, but I believe it could be done. I will say it's probably cheaper to build a new stadium than to do – the work that would be necessary to renovate in power field at mile high. And I totally get it. I get why they would do it. They want to create a Jerry world out on the Eastern part of the city where you have restaurants, where you have hotels, where you have all that shopping districts, you have all of that where it's basically your its own city like Gillette stadium is for the new England Patriots or AT&T stadium is for Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. The problem is it's not just the stadium that you have to build. You have to have the public, the public transportation and the means to get there to make it so that it's beneficial to the fans, because if it's not beneficial to the fans, you're not benefiting anybody. And it is a nightmare to try to get around on the Eastern part of the town. As someone who has lived in the Southern part of Denver and drives to the airport I don't mind E470. It's great. But do you really want to pay a toll every time you go to the Broncos game on top of parking, food, tickets, beer? And I I, I totally, you, public transportation is the same way. So if you take light rail, it's the same thing. But you're going to have to get the, the Colorado Department of Transportation involved so that you can get light rail from multiple avenues out to the stadium. So you're going to have to, it, it doesn't, I mean, I, I guess it does go to Boulder. Maybe I, I don't, I, I don't, don't know. I don't think it does. But you're going to have, you're going to have to take the, you're going to have to get it from the North part of the city to travel around from the middle part of the city. There's already a train that goes from union station to the airport. 
So you could build off of that, I guess, but that doesn't help the people who live north of Union Station. You're going to force people to drive to Union Station to get out there. Could you imagine? So you're, you're all probably... the people that would end up at Union Station. That'd be it'd be insanity, insanity. So now you're going to have to build something that probably goes around where E470 starts around highway seven to get to Boulder around that. It's going to be around there. You're going to have to get, you have that in the middle of the city. You're going to have to do it out. The, the South part goes out to Aurora, but you're going to have to expand on it and get it out to this new, I mean, the logistics and all of this, they're going to have to you know, really it, think it out. You know, it reminds me of, and I, I'm tempted to not mention this just because I don't want to mention the team uh, because I don't want to, I don't want any bad juju out there. But remember when the avalanche hosted the winter classic at the air force Academy and just how awful it was oh my God. trying there's to get still people, people trying to, as you in. say, there's still people who haven't had a hot dog and are trying to get into the game. And it was, they like, didn't even make it to the game because they were just, stuck in, because I, 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 another side note on that, they're still doing the road construction on I-25 between Larkspur and the Academy. It's uh it's a never ending story, if you will. So, uh, yeah, I would just rather them not do anything with the stadium. That's just me, but I, we all know that's not what's going to happen. There's going to be something. It's going to happen. They're going to they're going to build something new, or they're going to renovate, or something like that. And so, that's what new ownership does, and that's fine. If you want to show up and spend the money, show up and spend the money. Just do it in a way that makes sense. I think that's the goal. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.